In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents the Betches Brides podcast, a show for the wedding obsessed and the brides who are stressed. Because after all, it's only one day of your life. Hello, Betches Brides, and welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Nicole Pellegrino, and today I am here with a Betches Brides favorite guest. She's a wedding planner. She's an event stylist. She has planned some of the beautiful Betches Brides weddings you've seen in the past, like Sammy's and Aileen's. And she's a star on Bravo's Real Housewives <laughs> of Miami. Gertie Abrera, welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. Oh my God, you're making me blush. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> I mean, you can do it all. You can you can do it all. Trust me. Like, I mean, I can't. I I don't know how you do it all. So how have you been lately? How have you been since the show, since everything, since we last had you on, which was like oh my 2019? God. I can't believe that. Can you imagine? Oh my so God. So been amazing. Uh, definitely been kept on my toes. Uh, it's been a whirlwind and it's been exciting. And I just get to show so many different facets of who I am. So it's really kind of like a pleasure for people to see not just professional Gertie, but then a little snippet into Gertie, the social gal, you know? So yeah. Right, right. And I know it's funny because I saw a snippet that you posted on your Instagram of you like talking about your wedding planning experience on the show. So I feel like it's it's probably I need to catch up on my Real Housewives because I just... (laughs) don't haven't watched oh them. My God. I'm right. still you know <laughs> still busy from my post wedding blues but I love it congratulations by the way thank you thank you I feel like it's cool that they have I feel like this is the first ever event planner on the Real Housewives franchise I could be wrong about I, that I, actually actually you are wrong about that there there was one but she was more like a semi-friend to the show and this was the New York one you know why because all of a sudden I was passing one day and I'm looking at the TV and it was a playback of like the New York franchise but back in the day when Bethany was on and whatever and so then I'm like looking at this girl I'm like I feel like I know her face but she was a party planner and she was a friend of you know on on the slight scale so I'm a full-time housewife and it's really kind of interesting a completely different dynamic for the show itself and franchise because it shows me straddling this fine line of like being a friend to the ladies, but then also be trying to be a professional to one of them who's actually trying to plan her wedding. So that's really interesting. That mm-hmm. can't be that can't be the easiest <laughs> client. Exactly. Your wedding planning experience, your event planning experience for our listeners that haven't listened to the episode, the wonderful episode that we had you back on way back when in 2019. How did you get into all of this? I've always known it was something that was always a calling of mine. And it it happened, my big aha moment happened back in college when I was doing an internship at um, the alumni office. And I was in the events department to, you know, set up events 
fundraiser events pretty much. And so I love the planning of it, the table setting, all that fun stuff. But then the asking for money, I was like, God, please strike me twice. I hate it. I hated the asking for money and having to meet this budget and all that no. stuff. So I'm like, how, how do I get out of this? Then let me just plan the parties and somebody else can ask for the money. And then so eventually I started asking and then I got a, an opportunity to work at a hotel. So from working from there, I did I tripled or doubled their budget and everyone was like, oh my God, this girl's really good. And then next thing you know, the person who hired me went off to Fisher Island and then they, they told Fisher Island you gotta recruit this girl get her over here she, she can sell water to a well and they recruited me and then off I went onto this amazing ferry on the boat and I went to Fisher Island and never looked back so that's how I got started and from yeah. there it was history so you're an event stylist and a wedding planner right can you explain like the difference between what those two are and do you ever Mm -hmm. when you're hired by clients do you ever play the role of both or just one yes so the thing with me is that my experience was really kind of different than a typical wedding planner so at first i had all intentions of just being a planner and then i went to fisher island i worked there and then there was an opportunity to buy the floral studio there and so i was like this has to be like a dream. So I ended up buying the flower studio on Fisher Island, had it for almost eight years. So now I'm straddling the line of planning, but also executing my own designs. So it was always something like I could walk into a room and I'm like, oh yeah, you could do an archie when you walk in and this and that. I always took into account the guest experience into the design element. And that's how I think most people think my events are very cohesive. And so that was really a win-win for me because on Fisher Island, you have the, the jet setters of the world, the 1% of the world. So no budget. And fabulous parties, sign me up, you know, so I ended up doing everything from A through Z without even asking the client twice. They trusted me wholeheartedly. And then that's how I became a stylist. And I think I'm the one who kind of coined the the name stylist. That is like designer, stylist sounds more like, you know, yeah, with more panache. So that's what I became, an event stylist. Got you, got you. Okay. And do you ever work weddings? Where weddings or any clients ever like, oh, no, we have an event stylist. We'll just hire you for the planning aspects or vice versa. Well, see, the thing is that, you know, if they're smart, they would hire the planner first because you really want to kind of make sure that whoever's going to be the leader of the pack is really working with people that they trust and that they, they like, you know, so. You know, I think most of my clients know how to do that assignment, having thrown bar mitzvahs and all that stuff in the past. So they're really kind of skilled in, uh, you know, hiring. But uh, for those who do do it backwards, it's interesting. But at this point in time, you know, did you find your venue on your own? Did you negotiate your own contract? So all those things are going to have to be reworked once your true planner comes back in play because my contracts have to be set up the day before. Uh, You know, was it backup plan? There's a lot of contingencies. And so I wouldn't want to kind of step in on the post-contractual, you know, aspect and trying to, rework all that stuff that they did in the beginning so my my clients tend to know better they trust great (laughs) right right hire your planner first and then go from there you have a whole team under you at this point and everything do you guys work with what kind of events do you work with mostly is it like luxury weddings is it uh you know different types of events Mm -hmm. it's destination luxury weddings so we do mostly Oh yeah, we do mostly destination weddings. It's going to be a three-day affair. Most of most of our, my clients, because of the Fisher Island symbiotic relationship, most of my clients are from New York. Most of them, 
Now I'm getting a lot of California. There's a very interesting kind of um, you know wave happening. But East Coast is my is my, my territory. And they come to either to Florida or I go to them because I have an office now in New York as well. And, and or Mexico. I've just did one for 200 New Yorkers in Portugal. So like we, I'll take them anywhere. I'll take them anywhere because I have the kind of you know European background growing yeah. up in Paris and so forth. So. They know that when they come to me, it's boundless. And that's really what I sell. So the boundless experience. Take new, take, right. I, I, I work out of an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> I, I read an article about you. Like I was skimming, you know, what's on the internet out there about Gertie. And I saw you said I work from an airplane. And I was like, God yeah. bless her. I keep my recipe very simple. You know, it's, it's all out there for people to see. And, you know, you're going to get what you're going to get. You know, so yeah. Yeah. Are you seeing a lot of destination weddings for like 2022 and 2023 and beyond? I am actually. I think that is very bold for um, you know some of the, these um, you know brides and grooms to to want to explore. But you know what? Is there is there a choice? And at the end of the day, I think that they're okay with having two hundred people come or ten people come, and they're still going to get married at that destination. So it takes a special couple to want to move forward with such a plan. Yeah, totally. Do you have a favorite wedding, like, or a favorite destination you've ever planned in? Oh, Portugal was my recent and most beautiful wedding. I mean, it was it was sheer perfection. The weather was amazing. The service level. It, it was just, we went, for, and we literally did three, four events actually, but in completely different parts of Portugal. So we had one in Cascais, which is over the rocks and the water view, the beach. We did one in the, in the palace. So you had these guests go through this amazing day-to-day progression into the wow factor, the formality of the wedding itself. And they will never, they will never forget those, that, that type of event. Or like yeah. official island party. You're never going to forget getting on the ferry, seeing the peacocks, seeing the flamingos. So mm-hmm. there's a couple of venues that are special in that kind of field, you know? So yeah. And are you, when you're hired for a wedding like that, where it's like a four-day affair in Portugal, are you typically working with the couple to plan each of those like experiences beyond just the day of the wedding? Yeah, so we're not day of planners. We uh, unless they're gonna just do one event and that's the wedding day because they're local or something like that. We, we usually take the whole the whole enchilada, so we can do it from A through Z because they're expected to to have a, a peak. <laughs> yes, I love that. Yes. I want to go to an experiential wedding like that. Jordana and I were saying, like, cause she got married in Mexico. If you have a destination wedding, it's literally like a full affair. You, you, I, God bless the brides who mm-hmm. are planning those because you have to plan every single day, not just one. Yeah. Um, and and you have to also, it's important for you to also go and travel at least. I say two times to um, the destination. To make sure that you're experiencing it like a guest because you'll, you'll, there'll be a lot of misses if you do everything virtual. You may not miss, remember, oh, I forgot to tell them to make a left here before they get there. So you're welcome, though, may suck because the directions are not too far. So I love to definitely take a trip. I'm doing a, a, a Ritz Carlton wedding in the Cayman Island um, this uh, coming in a few months. So we're going to go there next month, actually, to make sure that we. We get set on the ground, oh. and as if I'm a guest, what am I seeing first? How do I get the guests from here to there? Is there a better route? What happened if it rains? So there's little oh, details so that people y- think about. My brain is always working. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you'll do venue visits with your clients to their destinations prior. Wow. Oh, so a you must. travel. Oh, wow. Okay. That's fascinating. Yeah. You travel a lot. So you're traveling there for the oh, venue yeah. visit and then also for the wedding. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Okay, so some of our audience members were wondering, Mm -hmm. I guess a lot of people are trying to plan these like smaller, more backyard weddings throughout Mm -hmm. 2022. Um, And everybody loved, you worked on Sammy's wedding, correct? Oh, that was 
beautiful. It was gorgeous. That was it was like a, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it looked like a backyard. Like um, what's the movie? Alice in Wonderland, almost. Yeah, like it, the tables were custom made and and definitely like you know uh, abstract shaped. So it was really the details were crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of tables, I'm jumping around because we had a question about that. That too. Uh-huh. Is there like, do you recommend playing around with abstract different tables to like make an impact with the design? And is that a pricier way to upgrade a wedding, or is it like easy? I, I, I don't. I not only recommend it, I commend it. I really want them to play around. I can't do monotonous round table. I, like I'll die. I will. I will die. So the thing is that. Shoot me now, please. So I always tell my clients, what if? The possibility of what if? What if we didn't think of doing all longs or all rounds and all that stuff, you know, because it's all about people really feeling feeling like it's a quaint experience. And so I love the supper club feel. I always refer to that. Making it feel like a supper club, very swanky. And so you could do some tables of eight, for example, with a curved banquette on half of the round table on the other side. You have your chairs. Some of the tables could be long tables or maybe even serpentine table like snakes. So you're playing with the space. Yes, I love to do different configuration. I, I do at least two. Most of the time I try to do three, but there's something that ties it all together. So same color florals or same linen or whatever it's going to be. But there has to be something about, you know, a, a discussion piece on the table. So I like people to be like, oh, oh my gosh, but look at over there. They have hanging butterflies. Oh my God. You know, you want people to, to dream. And that's what I think weddings are for, to dream about what if, you know, I think yeah. love is at the center of it. It's amazing. Yeah. So money wise, because our audience is very, you know, we have all different budget ranges. <laughs> is renting tables like that expensive or is there a way at all to like, do a budget-friendly yeah. way of doing that? So so you have to be creative and think about the overall picture. If the impact is like, oh my gosh, you have serpentine tables, then splurge on the serpentine table. Then guess what? Right. You ask the venue, what size tables do you have? You have round tables. So they may have 60-inch round tables or 72-inch round table. You do some of those with their linen, maybe. But then the serpentine tables are actual rentable tables that don't need linen. So that's the wow factor. And maybe you put your, you know, groom's family on one side and the, the other, you know, other table on the opposite side of the dance floor is the one for the, for your, for the bride. So you want to try to make sure that you create some kind of impact. Chairs, maybe use the in-house chairs mm-hmm. for those tables and then those serpentine tables get a nice rental um, chair. So I think that the, the big splurges happen where you, where you most have the, the, biggest impact and so I always like to try to see when you walk into the room what is the first thing you see the band the backdrop of the band to me should be a feature where it's like wow this Mm -hmm. is a good night so think about these moments you don't have to deck out every single you know thing it's just like the focal points matter yeah have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always afford the super high-end stuff I have a solution for you Newly, Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. So Newly is a subscription clothing rental service for just $98 a month. 
you can get your choice of any six styles. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. There are no parameters. You get access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees. There's no late fees, no damage fees, no fees to pause or cancel. So no big deal if you like lose a button. Uh Oh, I spill something on it. Or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing all the way up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. You always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code BRIDES20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code BRIDES20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code BRIDES20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we get a lot of questions about like setting up the tablescape. And I know you mentioned linens. What are some tips like for setting up a tablescape that looks nice and cohesive? And are there any aspects of it that are absolutely necessary to have like chargers? Do you need chargers or do you need nice silverware? Mm -hmm. Things like that. Yeah. So I tell my clients, I'm like, you know, charger place is a must for sure, because that's a decorative, um, you know, place setting where the guest is going to appreciate. On top of that is a menu. I like to see a nice menu and a nice mm-hmm. charger plate and a nice napkin, because those are the ones that are going to be kept on the table the longest. Um, flatware, to be honest, I don't I don't rent often because the properties that we work with usually know how to upkeep. So yes. we work with some nice properties or rates the Four Seasons Fisher. Sure the breakers you know they have nice quality items so um thank god and then glassware is something also that i is not a must because people are probably already still drinking the jack and coke from the bar so they're bringing right. their drink already there they don't care about the glassware for wine and we're not doing a wine pairing probably so i feel like those are the, the must is a charger plate menu napkin because napkin is literally the touch and feel you must get a double line so you want a lined napkin where it's not like a thin sheet of like polyester yuck <laughs> so you want it to be fine where it could be dipioni on one side, like the pretty side, but it's so slippery that the, on the inner side, you have the cotton base uh, fabric where you can actually wipe your mouth. You know what I mean? So little things like that is how people oh. things. Mm-hmm. Good Quality tip. Because I feel like I mm-hmm. feel like there's like when brides are out there looking for napkins, it's probably like, oh, that piece of linen works. It's fine. But I've I've used a linen napkin and I, I tried to put one in our guest bathroom. You don't want a confetti napkin. Trust me. You don't want to rub your mouth with a confetti napkin, right? Like with those, those sequ- the sequence ones? Yes. Oh, I, I know exactly what you're talking. Literally, Mike, my husband picked it up in our guest bathroom and was like, this doesn't even dry my hands. Like, why are we using? Yeah, so that is but it's not practical. Yes, that's a good tip. And men, and men, and men are the first ones who are going to complain, by the way. So like, everything could be pretty, and then he's going to be like, what, what is this? Like, This is not you, you know, usable. So you want to make sure that people are not like making faces at the table like, oh, no, she didn't. You, know, you want to feel like they're, they're enjoying their experience and their, their dinner property. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And do you think linens 
table linens make a big difference or do you think like people can just use whatever color well i do and if you if you're on a budget so for example there's some nice the nicest linens i feel like they always have a sheer um base where they have beautiful um sequence you know swirls and then there could be a sheer base where you need an underlay so the underlay is the first linen that you put mm. down and then you put the, the, the festive pretty you know sequence linen on top so maybe use the in-house linen most hotels are going to have ivory or white so those are going to be probably you know the base color that you can use use the in-house linen and then you can just splurge on the overlay so that you're not spending two linens per one table so that could be a way that you can definitely save money on that and, and to be honest at the end of the day even if you just upgraded to so like a sequence linen will cost you obviously probably let's say 125 per linen if mm -hmm. you did a dupioni it's still a little bit better than that polyester cotton blend that the hotel has so that could be more under 55 dollar range so anything that, that at least makes it feel like a little bit of a oomph to me it's worth it um you know if you're gonna if, if you not don't have the budget so that those are things to consider totally and those are all types of overlays that you can get mm -hmm. yeah there's lots of beautiful linens i I, you probably don't remember because you've done a thousand weddings since then at this point, but I feel like looking back, you just popped into my head Aileen's wedding photos, the Betches CEO Aileen, and you had like a lace overlay of some sort, was it? It was, a, yeah, definitely we, we had um, a pretty lace overlay um, and we did have an underlay as well. Um, we worked with a nice, a very nice vendor and it, it just helped to create this the, the theme, it brought, it brought the theme to life. It was a basic linen, like, you know, polyester. It's one thing, but the detail, the details matter and the photography picks up on that. So mm -hmm. when people sit down on a budget, you know, this is what I say. At the end of the day, if you're going to do something, you better do it damn, like, right. I don't host a party, but when I host a party, baby, it's going to be the, the best thing you're going to see, you know? It's a reflection of me. When people walk into that door, I am in charge of them for the night. And so for me, if it's going to cost you another $500 for all the linens total to do an overlay, it's worth it. I don't want to hear about, oh, it's not in my budget. What else can be cut? Come on. Like, you know, like, let, let's, yeah, let's think about that. So you decided to throw a beautiful wedding and you call for black tie. So black tie done with all the details. You know what I mean? You can't cut like that. And it's like, you mm -hmm. can use that extra $500. You can take that and put, put that into the linens because you're going to look back at your yes. photos and you're going to want that extra pop like you're not going to want to be and, like and by the way you're getting gifts the same night of so but i'm not saying to overspend because you're going to get it back later and you're going to you know break even i'm just saying that if that 500 dollars was a big issue note that you are getting gifts literally on site and so if that really matters to you you know right three guests gift later you're good to go you know so right yeah. and when you really look at the grand scheme of the wedding like you can knock mm -hmm. and shave five dollars off to make budget for that like you don't need the cigar rolling station maybe you don't need the extra hour of the photo booth you don't need i don't know like there's other little things that like you can deprioritize to prioritize 100%. design if that's important to you if you're like fuck the table linens i don't need that that's right then yeah. put it into other things that um, priority, so that's right so maybe not even flowers and do candles all across the whole table and that could mm -hmm. be your wedding band you have an amazing band and you splurge on the, on the band because music is what matters more to you so everybody has a party which I've seen yeah. you love you love using candles some of the some of your Instagrams uh, like you guys have to go to her Instagram I can't even like describe <laughs> and do it justice but some of them just like the whole like area is decked out in flowers and candles and it's just a magical mm -hmm. you really do transform the overall space 
But, and, and by the way, I, I don't think I'm, I'm over the top with it. People tend to think so, and maybe it's the way the angles are taken of the, of the wedding, but I don't. Like, I'm a spiritual, I'm much, I'm a spiritual, the ceiling over the dance floor, and then the centerpiece balance out. It's all about scaling as well, because my friend, sometimes more is more is more is not good, you know? So you want to definitely try to balance out and make sure things are to scale and elegant and classic and timeless at the end of the day. So I totally I tell my clients, okay, no more, no more, no more sequins. Put the sequins <laughs> down, you know? No, that's a good tip. Less is sometimes more. Yeah. Speaking of, you know, timeless decor and stuff, we have a lot of questions about sweetheart table because obviously that can be a moment. What are some backdrop things? A lot of our audience was like, what do I do behind my sweetheart table? There's a blank wall behind. What's something simple, elegant, timeless I can do that obviously I'm going to look back at those photos of me and my loved ones sitting there at the sweetheart mm-hmm. table and enjoy? Okay. So the base, the least expensive, I would say, is maybe just draping. But the draping has got to be nice and well folded together so that it mm. creates texture and mm-hmm. creates a nice impact. If you're the modern bride and you love yourself a neon sign that you can actually take home and repurpose, so buy one, get one free in a sense, you can use it at the, the wedding, put a, a neon sign behind you, the um, the gate toss, you know, and then you can always then put that above your kitchen wall when you get home. So that's another one. Just step it up with florals. Maybe at the beginning of your um, ceremony, you had a beautiful arch that's just two posts and a crossbar with flowers that can be moved. So you tell the florist, ah, 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 don't leave just yet. When the ceremony yes. is over, move that sucker and now you become you have a nice backdrop. Or maybe some pots that you had down the aisle, you can put them on the table and you know behind you and now you have a beautiful floral tablescape. So there's a lot of really smart options and always think about repurposing. Always think, can I use that somewhere else? Because then it's worth that money because you use it twice. Okay, so yeah, totally purpose items from ceremony because you cocktail hour. If you if you're not doing a most weddings that do cocktail hour before are usually Orthodox um, uh, Jewish. So if you're not doing a Jewish wedding and and you have cocktail hour in between ceremony and reception, then you definitely want to repurpose something from ceremony because usually the, the floors will be able to bring it into the ballroom without people seeing them because don't let them see the, the breakdown. That looks cheap. So yeah, yeah. Always sneak, sneak they, it back. They gotta find... And does it take... Do, what, have you ever planned a wedding where it's like they want to repurpose flowers from the ceremony for the reception, for the sweetheart table, but it's going to take them like way longer than the time of cocktail hour. Yeah, I, 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 I meet my client's expectation by saying no, if I know I can make it happen. So, or I say, right. if I can, I, you'll see it. If I can't, you won't. And we need to have a backup because, you know, sometimes things don't go well. The, the flowers may be wilted because it was like super hot. So sometimes, you know, they'll perish. So we always think about making sure something is clean and neat in the backdrop. But if I can, if I can splurge and add on, I definitely do it. But my florist, when it's a girly event, they always bring a good amount of extra flowers. Always. They're always trying to impress mm-hmm. me. So in, in the end, my client wins because of that, that relationship that I have. So it's always going to be a, a nicely full, um, full, full body wedding. Yeah. Awesome. It's giving me so much respect for what you do because I can't imagine a client being like, yes, move my flowers in 30 minutes from here. There's just so much like pressure on top of what you guys do. because the venue. Timing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. so many moving yeah. pieces and factors. Okay, so we had some questions about like wedding planning logistics, switching over from the design aspects to the planning logistics aspects. Okay. So let's say I just got engaged. What are the five things I should do immediately after getting engaged? Planner. Mm-hmm. Wedding insurance. That is the number one thing, my friend. You can go ahead and buy that beautiful wedding dress from uh, Morocco. And if, if there's no sh- you know, shipments happening because of COVID, whatever, you need your re- reimbursement. So wedding insurance, 
um, the band, they book very fast. And take your choice between photographer and, and makeup artists because makeup artists are booked to oh. no end. Because not only are they, are they you know, com- competing brides, it's baby showers, uh, you know, quinceaneras, bar mitzvah, they're in full, the best business that you can be in. Right. Literally. So, oh, yes. That is such a good point because I feel like a lot of people think like, oh, let me just book my huge vendors like my band, my venue, my florist, which definitely book. I mean, in this day and age, book them There's all right now. Yeah, right, right, right. Book them all right now. Exactly. Book them all right now because I, I've heard horror stories from brides trying to plan in 20, even 2023 at this point. They're like, yeah. I nobody's free. Nobody. Everybody's booked. But I know because of COVID, the backup. Yeah. 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 Hair and makeup is underrated. Like, book them now because, like you said, they have other th- events. They're always working. People will fly them. Like, it do- they're not as bound to location. Like, I feel like people will Boundless. fly there. Yeah. Oh, I just okay. saw the reunion. I just saw the reunion. And I flew my glam. Of course I'm going to fly my glam because I can do my travel in Miami. And then I flew to New York to be next to Andy Cohen. And, you know, we, we had our thing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I wanted to make sure that I, I was gonna, That was one less thing I had to worry about. I didn't want to do a trial night before the, the new reunion, and it's like, no, 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 no. So, no yeah, you're like, you, come with me. Yeah, yes, yes. They get paid. They are very well off. <laughs> One of our top questions we always get is about bridal party entrances, and people have such oh, mixed God. feelings on these. Some people feel like they are tacky to like have your bridal party enter in, or even the couple enter into the reception in mm-hmm. a special way. What are your thoughts on these? And what do you see your clients choosing to do for entering into the reception? Like, leave the bridal party alone. Please <laughs> let them, let them, let, let them, like, let them be. They do not want to reconfigure and re- regather again, waiting outside the, bo- the mm-hmm. hallway to be called in. And then Johnny, the best man and friend of them <laughs> since he was two years old. No one cares. No one cares. Get Bobby in. Go in, Bobby. No one needs you right now. Just go in. The right. bride and groom entrance, yes, that's usually a norm for a formal wedding type. And the cold sparks are a big hit right now, where you had like, the sparklers coming, you know, shooting from the, the floor. Mm. So that people love to do that. That's really that's really nice. Um, you know, fog, people do that, but it, it can it can go cheesy real quick, right? right? So it's like that's the thing about it. It's like, you know, where are you getting married? Like don't force anything, you know. So if it's a pedal cannon, that could be interesting. And just mm-hmm. when you do the first dance and then it, it pedals down, you know. So don't oh, overdo cool. it. It makes, makes it, it has to feel like it's in sequence and not overdone. I don't know. So Mr. and Mrs. walking in is fine. It's just that, you know, you don't have to have some kind of cued, you know, uh, pyrotechnic to go with it. You know what I mean? So we see you coming. We got you. We see you coming. <laughs> and I agree. This day, like, we're seeing, just let the, bro- I mean, don't get me wrong, because I will see some cool videos on the internet of, like, right. bridal parties doing hilarious dances into the reception. And if your guests and your bridal party are oh, like that, God. it's like, go for it. But... I don't, we're seeing more and more couples are like, nope, I'm just going to let my bridal party go sit down and yeah, do their thing. Yeah, I, I sit them down. I can't right? have 17, 17, <laughs> 17 good men. One is picking his nose. The other one doesn't know where he is. Yeah. One is faint. Then it loses attention to the bridal party. Let, let, let them alone. Like, I'm picturing you with you know? the walkie-talkie that you use and the clipboard and being like, where oh, is God. Johnny? Get him. <laughs> I, I am oh. bad, but I have good guys, good boys. Because usually the groomsmen are the troublemakers. They're scared yes. shitless of me. I'm like, like oh, she girl is coming. 
And I'm like, hi guys, how are we doing? How are we behaving? Have we drank too much? I always have one responsible tattoo teller, and I'm like this, uh huh, yeah, uh huh, that one over there, got you. Hey, you, come here, troublemaker. No, but I think that's so important in a wedding planner. You need your wedding planner to be able to yeah. wrangle and grab oh. everyone's attention. Like, you want them to oh, be yes. scared shitless of you because. By the cojones. Yeah, like, I've seen some wedding uh, planners or been in some weddings where the wedding planner is just like, like, very quiet and nobody's. You. Yeah, nobody's listening at the rehearsal. It's like yeah. a shit show. I'm like, no, you gotta. No. You have to have. I don't even do rehearsals the day before anymore. By the way, it's a waste of time. Think about it. You tell them to go to the church, whatever, the day before the mm-hmm. wedding. Then they go. Then they're drinking at night. The day of the wedding happens, and they're like, "Oh, where was I again?" It's like you gotta do it again anyway. So now, like, give me fifteen minutes after the ketuba signing or whatever, right before they walk down the aisle. John, Jenny, ba 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 ba. This is what you're gonna do. Sit down. A. Your name is on the on the seat, and just follow suit. Follow suit. Bye. Any questions? It's oh. Two minutes. It's two minutes. Why am I meeting with yeah. them twice to do the same thing again on the day of the event? It doesn't make sense. I'm so glad you said that because I got that question recently. Like, do we actually need mm-hmm. the rehearsal? And in my head, uh-huh. I'm like, that is something that has always been done. Mm-hmm. Like, of course we need it, right. but I'm no, I'm not a planner. That makes so much sense. Any yeah. wedding party I've ever been in, I don't remember the instructions from the day before. Exactly. I just walked down the aisle. <gasps> oh, you heard it here and first. Like, you don't need proof. Yeah, you yeah. put the name on the chair. So it's like, you're right, you're right there, your name's on there. You got it? Okay, good. <laughs> okay, if Gertie says you don't need the rehearsal, you guys, trust us, you don't need the rehearsal. Like, you save... Oh, this is changing the game. This is... I, I, can't, I need a minute to wrap my head around that because... Center. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Entertainment at the wedding. Obviously, we have a band or a DJ. Are there other things that people can do to entertain their guests? Or do you even recommend people do other things? Like, what are you seeing? And let's pretend... Fusion. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was going to say, let's pretend budget's not the limit. And we're just going to go... You can do, like, cool things if you want. Yeah. So you could definitely do a fusion. So some people, they don't really like the... The sound of just the band singing like their favorite Rihanna song. They don't, and then the, the DJ is, is too cheap and mom wants a band because it's, you know, it's at the pier or whatever. Right. You know? So you could do the fusion. The, where the DJ is the front man and then he's accompanied by the sax, the viola, uh, you know, the drums, the percussion, whatever, to give it that oomph, right? So they're playing the, the regular song, but there's a, a beat behind it to elevate the sound and the energy in the room. Um, you could do a processional, like, you know, I'm doing, I think, a, an entrance where we're having... Um, the roaming like sax and whatever you know like mm-hmm. walking musicians to let them in or you know to into the after party so that's also that's very cool. popular i did that recently actually where the band members from the main four hour reception tent i mean the four hour reception um in the ballroom then i had whoever could walk with their instrument to actually guide them all right you're ready for the after party let's go and then the, the saxophone whatever they're guiding them through to the after party so it was like a oh that's of, fun like, guests it was so cool. And then I gave out hats because it was a club, like it was a cloud nine theme, the, the one in Aspen, the club in, in Aspen. So we turned uh. this whole place into like cloud freaking nine with the, the, the Pico bottles, the champagne, like the hats and the mountain gobos and the texture. It was really amazing. It was like, mm. so much. and snow, of course, I made it snow. 
Yes, you've literally made snow happen. I love it. I love it. Um, That's fascinating. So Mm -hmm. have you ever been planning any of these weddings and on the day of you're there or on any of the pre-wedding events like the welcome party or whatever and something goes terribly wrong? Because we all know that's unavoidable. Sometimes there are those mistakes. Um, If so, yeah, have you ever had that happen? And how did you fix it? At the day before? Or like in any of any of the events like the day, the day oh before God, the day it happens, of it happens all the time but guess what i have the best vendors ever literally what, what something happened i can't remember oh oh my god so i had a wedding last year during covid right and so we did covid testing of course the whole thing but it was out it was in a, a place that was some outside but it was covered the biggest storm that you when i saw a hundred black birds mm-hmm. go from east to west i'm like oh snap it's going down the bar went down, the the bar shelf, all the glassware from the bar came crashing down. Oh my god. This is me, okay? Look at my phone. Uh-huh. I have a situation right now, you're gonna listen to me right now. You have 45 minutes to get here, give me grand bar within one hour. I always I always give them I always like rush them 30 minutes before I ask the item. So I 45 minutes, they were there within the hour. And as if nothing happened, as if nothing happened, didn't even charge my client. That's the relationships I have. Wow. It's like, okay. why are we going to nickel and dime when I'm going to give you more business? Why are we doing this? So right, this right. is what I'm talking about. Hire a great planner that has great relationships. Again, you could save on a planner and say, oh my gosh, she's 5,000 more than this one. Yeah. You may, you probably are going to win and get more because that, that planner that was more expensive was worth it because they have right. this relationship where the vendors will never do them wrong ever. Right. And right. they don't nickel and dime. So, and you know, in that situation too, I'm sure... I'm sure like your your bride or your couple didn't even like really care or notice because you probably like shielded them from it and they oh didn't God, even see what's going on. A hundred percent. And guess what? It, I think I had to like just stall like 10 minutes before they arrived into the, the area, the dancing area. And they were fine with it. I'm like, just don't worry. Do you trust me? I, I, if you trust me, just don't ask questions. Okay. Everything's going to go down. I'll mm-hmm. catch up with my 10 minute timeline somewhere because we always buff everything in our timeline so yeah it's it's no big deal but i'll do whatever i would do for myself that's the kind of planner i am if i'm not gonna like it i'm gonna tell you hell no we're not doing it what am i gonna say you like it i love it not for everything you know so when i'm very strong when i feel strongly about something i I speak up i have to right you know crazy random timeline question because i wedding timelines is a whole uh, ordeal what's the earliest you've ever (laughs) no i know that that's a whole separate episode i'm not kidding we're gonna do a whole separate episode on that yeah Um, what's the earliest you've ever had to start for a wedding a wedding like the day i've had well set up or the wedding itself like i guess i guess whenever you've had to start set up That's for true. okay yeah, yeah. Set, set up we usually try to get the night before it's a it's a shit show i sleep on the floor in the ballroom because i'm like i'm so <laughs> traumatized with how everything's gonna look so but the wedding itself i mean i've done brunch weddings you know before so you know gotcha. it all depends on yeah yeah, yeah. destination then we do a brunch and then the, the uh, siesta and then the party later on in the evening so anything anything goes with wedding there's no right or wrong answer literally you know so 
totally. Like, okay, I'm going to follow you to do whatever. They're down for whatever, you know, so let it dies. <laughs> totally, totally. All right. Well, we have an email. Speaking of that, we have an email okay. advice segment um, all about after parties. So as you said, anything goes. So I'll go ahead and read our email from our listener here. She says, I'm a 2022 bride and big fan of the show. I was wondering if you could do a segment on wedding after parties just to clear up some things like what it is, what it isn't, and how to plan one. I've never heard of someone throwing an official after party, which is crazy because I feel like that's such a big thing these days. Yeah, yeah. And there Uh seems to be some regional differences around that for brides, which is so true, actually. For example, Mm -hmm. my venue has a 10-hour window and a hard 12 a.m. noise curfew. My fiance and I talked about after our wedding, we could have our bridal party and significant others come and bring drinks to our wedding suite or go to the best man's house, but that isn't an after party. It's just a sized group. Should we be inviting more people? Should we be going out to a bar or renting another location slash venue? Where do you go when your time at the venue is over? And the million dollar question, who is footing the bill? Thank you so much from a betch who wants to party. Okay, first of all, always end on a high. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do anything, okay? So sometimes, well, the first question I have for her is, if the venue is a, tw- a midnight, you know, um, noise ordinance, why did we book the venue? Right. I'm gonna, sorry. You know, if that's so, it seems to be very important to her. So the first question is make sure that your venue is, what is the first question out of the gate? What is the package price? What time do you end? And then what kind of liquor do you have? And you run on down these questions with them. But the, the key is that make sure the venue is going to let you party. So then you back out. So if, if midnight is their curfew, so usually an after party is at least two hours. Um, so you, you know that then you need to end at 10 o'clock in the four-hour reception space whatever, or package. Right. So now you're going backwards from that. So that's 10 o'clock, four hours at six. So six o'clock would be when you get to that room. So guess what? Cocktail hour before that is 5 p.m. So then your ceremony call time is four o'clock to, to start walking down the aisle at 4.30. Never put the exact time on your invitation of when you're going to walk. You want a 30-minute interval to grab a program, to grab a water, champagne, find your seats. 30 minutes is before you're walking down is the time you want to put on your invitation. Or you'll be waiting for your guests, period. Right? You want your guests Great. to be Four Pro tip. 4.30, you're actually walking down the aisle. 30 minutes usually is the ceremony, unless it's again orthodox. 5 p.m., you have your cocktail hour, 5 to 6. 6 p.m., ballroom. Till four, four hours in the ballroom, you're banned. At 10 o'clock, now you transition into the next room or the DJ gets on stage and now you have a two-hour after party. So unfortunately, with daylight savings, whatever, I don't know where you live, but you may end up getting married pre-sunset, but that's not a bad thing because at cocktail right. hour, you may, you may, I don't know, depending on where, and if it's winter, usually you'll have sun down 5.30, so midway through cocktail hour, you'll be fine. You know, so that's yeah. that. But who foots the bill? Usually the parents uh, who are hosting or the bride and groom sometimes because they're, you know, not everyone's a 22-year-old bride. Right. Anyway. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> who knows? So the point is that, you know, you have to, again, gauge what you want and what you don't want. And if that after party is so important to you, then guess what? Cut your courses into a two-course appetizer and entree, mm-hmm. wedding cake as the dessert. Don't go into an appetizer, then a salad, then a sorbet to clean your palate, and then the first course, and then the pasta course. Like, cut it short, and then you have the money to spend for your, for your after party. Right. So, Totally. Priority matters, yeah. Yes. Do you ever have any after parties where it's not at the venue? Like guests have to take transportation to a separate venue? Yes, and it never work out. It fizzles. I had one just right. happen at, at New Year's Eve. 
the truck the, the 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 driver he was supposed to stop at um the the nightclub first and then drop the rest off whoever wanted to go to the hotel some way somehow he rerouted himself to drop off the hotel first when the, the paperwork had it all noted and so mm. the people who are buzzed now they're tired they're hungry they want to just go home forget about it you splurge right. you, spend, you spend the whole money on this section at the club and then you end up with half of your guests because people are get tired anticipatory my, train of mind says i'm gonna party hardy and then you're like oh, just let me just get a burger and go home it happens totally. to me all the time i'm the worst that's why i never commit to doing anything because i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna flake out i'm such a big flake when it comes to like the party thing i'm I plan parties. I am the party when I am in the mood to party. But let me right. just get to the party first to figure it out. You know, it's one of those. So, yeah. So. That's a good point. And drunk guests at your wedding have a very short attention span. Like, they're not yeah. going to embark on a journey to get to the no- another venue when they're all, like, trying to just <laughs> continue rowdy, the party. They're throwing yeah. up. They're yeah. rude. No. Oh, just you're you're going to end up <laughs> paying for transportation and not getting a deposit back. Somebody's going to throw up on the party bus. Something like that. Yeah. Oh, so that's gosh. a good tip. I feel like this whole episode is filled with really good tips to ask your venue when mm-hmm. you're booking a venue. Like, like when we were talking about linens and stuff, like ask yep. them what they already have and see if you like the stuff so that you can save on rentals, like silverware, flatware, whatever. And then also ask them what time you would have to be out. And if you want an after party, then make sure it's a later time so you can just stay there, there and do an after party. I could do this all day. Ask Gertie. Ask Gertie. No, we could literally, and we will. We will. We will in the future. We're going to have you back for sure here on the Instagram, yeah. etc. Okay, so let's go move on to our unpopular opinion segment brought to you by Bride Bright. As you know, in this segment, we share your unpopular wedding opinions. And now, Bride Bright is introducing their newest product, Bling Bright On The Go Ring Cleaner restores brilliance to dull, cloudy jewelry in seconds for pristine shine. What are you waiting for? It's time to hashtag stay bright. Here's our first unpopular opinion. You don't need a welcome sign. No, I agree. You do not. Of course not. Horrible. It's a waste of life. Thanks. Like, are there ever, welcome, like, welcome? Welcome to the wedding. I knew right. that when I was at the address. That is at the building. I don't need a sign to welcome me into the building that you invited me to go into. So I, 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 don't, do, I don't do those. Do guests even, like, don't. get a kick out of them anymore and take photos of them? Or not really, unless it's, like, really What, what the wedding of John and, and, John and Jenny? <laughs> yeah. I'll wait for the photo booth. No. Right, right. I, I, okay. I, never, I don't do them, so I couldn't even tell you. I don't do them. Oh, and you don't even... Don't okay, do- guys, the welcome sign is no. dead. <laughs> I love it. Unreliable. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Okay. 74%. We did this on Instagram, like a poll. So 74% of our audience agreed that you don't need a welcome sign. Don't so, need a sign. Yeah. Yay. Okay. Next. So the next one is you don't need a grand exit. Like you do this. not. You do not need a grand exit, 100%, because a lot of the venues are not conducive to even doing so. Because you're going to have to say, all right, everybody, go outside. Okay, bye. Throw the stupid rice or whatever, you know, the bubbles or the sparklers. that's going to burn grandma's eye out. How about that? Right. <laughs> so it's kind of like, yeah, you, you don't need that at all. You, you could do a nice confetti drop in the ballroom, and that's the hooray, wow, wow. You, the two of you in the middle of the dance floor kissing. You could just, you know... Um, fireworks if you're under a tent outside but like to schlep anybody out to see them Mm -mm. off 
unless it's a hard stop. I, I'll do it if it's like a, everyone has to get out of this property by 2 a.m. anyway, so get the hell out of the Dodge and give them something to go to, to then that's fine. But that rarely happens where it's, it's um, sequenced like that. Yeah, in those situations, is the after part or is the um, grand exit like that usually after the after party or after, after the reception? The um, usually, the grand entrances are after the re- the reception because then the, then the sequence is usually in another room or something, and right. then we want the old people to leave anyway. So right, right. <laughs> so that's a way to be like, okay, bye, here's your cake, you know. But it hardly happens. These big exits, it, it really, it rarely happens. Yeah. Right, right, and they're just more annoying for guests. I feel like than than yeah, they are sure. fun. So eighty three percent of our audience agreed that you don't need a grand exit. So goodbye, welcome signs. Goodbye, (laughs) grand exits. All right. The last one is bands are better than DJs. Do you agree or disagree? They are. They are. Um, The DJ thing, it just looks, it looks cheap if you only have a DJ for the reception. And again, I'm not in charge of everybody's budget. It may not work for everybody, right? So if the budget says DJ, get the best freaking DJ that you can. That's going to really like, you know, Mm -hmm. kick ass on the dance floor or whatever. But, you know, a band is you know, the, the grandiose, you know, way of doing things as far as a black tie reception, you know, wedding type of thing. So I right. would offer a band, but then you could also just do a mashup and do a fusion DJ slash a couple musicians. And now you have a fusion. Band. Never underestimate the fusion, which I feel like mm-hmm. would be perfect for you. Cause you want those engage. You want people who are going to engage with your guests and like sing to them and things like that. Yes. So I feel like a nice fusion where you're having like yeah. the roamers, like you talked about is, would be a perfect solution. Yeah, okay. So sure. 60% of our audience disagreed that bands are better. That's crazy. Our ah. audience, like a lot of them love DJs. I'm just more of a, yeah. of a band person and I get it. Oftentimes yeah, they I are think, more expensive. I have a feeling that those people who said DJ, they may also think DJ fusion. I, I, I have a feeling that it's, yeah. if the category, I'm telling you, it's not just, just a DJ. It's very popular. There's a couple companies who do only that and that's amazing. Um, but I, I tell you right now, I, I have a feeling that me probably fusion-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. if you did it, imagine if you did a DJ for the four hour reception and then the after party, the DJ. Right. What's the tradition? Right. So usually it's a fusion DJ and then the the musicians go and the music has got to change then if you're going to continue with the same DJ thing, because I, it just sounds monotonous at this point. Right. Mm-hmm. And like if you're going back to that point about like taking budgets away from other things. I say, mm-hmm. like, if you want to put your entertainment money into the music, don't do a photo booth. Don't do a crazy guest book thing. Don't do a yeah. cigar rolling station. Don't do whatever else you're thinking of doing. Just put that into the entertainment, the music, to be able to afford either that fusion right. aspect or that band or whatever it is, because music is yeah. the main thing. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, that's it for this week's Unpopular Opinions, brought to you by BrideBright. BrideBright gives us confident wedding day smiles, and now you can make your jewelry sparkle like brand new with Bling Bright's on-the-go ring cleaner, a jewelry cleaning brush that gives your gems instant shine anytime, anywhere. It's a compact ring cleaner, and it restores brilliance to jewelry that has dulled from everyday wear. Compact and easy to use, Bling Bright wipes the day away from your diamonds, even through the use of hand lotions, hand sanitizers, and other elements that come in contact with your jewelry every day. I have this little 
on-the-go ring cleaner now, and you guys, I'm obsessed with it. I bring it everywhere with me. So check Bride Bright out on Instagram at Bride Bright for teeth tips and more, and you can try Bling Bright for yourself by visiting BrideBright.co using code Betches for 40% off at checkout. That's B-R-I-D-E-B-R-I-T-E dot C-O using code Betches for 40% off. Well, Gertie, thank you so much. This time just flew. I know. This was so helpful. So many Easter eggs of amazing knowledge throughout. Where can everybody find you and like, I don't know, watch your show and stuff? Yeah, so I mean, definitely that's a different, it's, it's a different Gertie on the show. Obviously, it's more animated and the stuff that go down, I like, you know, it's just a little bit more, I think, uh, me just hanging out with girls and having fun and the whole thing. So it's not the professional, professional Gertie. Don't hire me based on what you see <laughs> on the show. Put it that way. We love the realness. That's what we love. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't walk around with a cocktail at my, you know, client meetings, obviously. So anyway, uh, you can find me on Instagram, Gertie Design. Um, and uh, you can email me at GertieDesign at gmail.com. And my website is GertieDesign.com. Well, thank you so much. And till death do us part. The Betches Brides podcast is produced by Nicole Pellegrino, Sean Kilby, and Jorge Morales-Pico. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow us at Betches Brides and send us your emails to brides at betches.com. Betches.